I have no idea how you found this show, but I'm glad that you did. Hey, I'm John Hicks. Join me and my band of crazies today on the Retirement Solution Podcast. Here with John Hicks this week, I'm Jennifer Perry. If you have a question for us that you'd like us to address on the podcast, reach out to us. Connect with us on Facebook. Just do a search there for the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Or just go online to retirementsolutionradio.com. Now, John, I have a, a few friends who work at some really great local companies. And they've had really long careers, actually, at places like Ford and GE. And sure. those companies have been making news in recent weeks uh, during earnings season here. Ford is trying to become competitive in the EV market. Yeah. Um, that Mustang is like selling like hotcakes. And then we have the Ford F-150 that can apparently power your entire home. Check that right out. <laughs> right? Isn't I'll tell you, be- cool? be- between the too i like i like the truck i don't know there's something about the mustang i mean it's it's neat and all i don't know why it's selling so great it doesn't have that mustang masculinity right that it always used to have i mean it looks good it looks Mm -hmm. like a tesla stepchild or something i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's going on with it i'm sure it's a it's an awesome vehicle i haven't actually been in one but i tell you those big f-150 trucks and they make a lot of those here Mm -hmm. those things are rugged they still look good i think isn't ford the best-selling truck on the planet yeah i think so i think so especially now yeah they've had a lot of pre-orders for the electric f-150s as well ge2 they've been making news they just did what was called a reverse stock split yes and if you look over the past year both of the these companies, both of their stocks have more than doubled in the sure. last 12 months. So I'm wondering for employees who are pretty loyal to companies like this, and maybe they have a lot of company stock like that within their 401ks and other investments, is it time for them to maybe look at taking some of those chips off the table? Isn't that always the question when things seem to have gone up for a while? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're looking at anything you own, whether you've worked at that company for a long time, and I can't tell you how many people, you know, at UPS or, or GE or Ford, and, you know, a lot of you guys have had this stock for decades and decades. You've been through some good times, and let's be real, you've been through some bad times, too. Yes. So so right now, a lot of these companies, you know, UPS, GE, well, UPS and Ford are kind of hitting some more recent highs, GE doing a similar thing here on the last couple of years. When you're looking at that, that seems like, man, you know, on on paper, you may have a lot more money than you had a year or a half ago or so. Mm -hmm. The question is, is it going to keep going up? Or part number two, even if it doesn't keep going up, it doesn't have to necessarily go down. Is it a time to maybe reap some of those benefits of holding on so long? Sure. And this is a tough one, Jennifer. And I think I talked to UPS guys probably the most about this. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they held it for a long time through the 90s and it went up. Mm -hmm. But realistically, they just kept adding more at lower prices. That's really what happened until the last year. The last year, it has gone hyperbolic. You know, it went from, you know, basically the high 80s, low 90s, well into, I mean, heck, I think it almost hit 200 there for a while. So when you look at UPS stock, it's really gone up. And a lot of people said, John, you know, I've got more money in this than I've ever had before in my life. Should I get rid of it? And my answer is, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Not because I'm trying to figure out, is it going to go up or down? The question is, is how much of a percentage of their portfolio is that holding? Yeah. If it's just 5 or 10%, to be honest with you, unless they want to do something else with the money, no, I'd say hold on to it. Keep okay. it going as long as you feel confident in that company. And in that regard, it's it's not dissimilar to what Warren Buffett always says. Hey, you know, find a good quality company. And as long as they keep doing the right thing, hold on to it. See, I got no problem with that if it's just 5 to 10% of your portfolio. But here's the problem. <laughs> Jennifer, here's what I typically run into. I will run into these folks, and no matter what company it is, even if it's one they didn't work for, They've got 40, 50, 60, 
up to 90% of all of their wealth wrapped up in one company. And that only makes me nervous. And it doesn't matter if it's a fabulous company. Right. It doesn't matter if it's Apple or Amazon or Google. It doesn't make any difference to me what the company is. Unless you're a multi, 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 multi billionaire, that is probably way too much money to have an individual stock. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you why. No one, no one in their right mind saw the Enron collapse. Yeah. Or heck, you know, if, if you remember WorldCom, I mean, they were one of the largest global communications outfits on the planet mm-hmm. until we found out they were cooking the books. <laughs> and if you'd worked for WorldCom, and I met several of you out there that had worked for WorldCom in the past, you know, you saw that stock go to zero. Right. And of course, we had our good friends at Countrywide during the 2008 debacle. We found out that those guys may have not been exactly doing it right. And we saw that stock valuation go down. I think it dropped almost 95% at one point in time. So when you think about that, if you have all your life's net worth in one company, and that one company having nothing to do with you, having nothing to do with the analyst, just that one CEO just hangs out a little too closely with the secretary, gets in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> you never know. In the, the next thing you know, you see a 30 or 40% correction. So that's the whole point. So uh, when people ask me, what should I do? Here's what I say. Do you know what would happen to your livelihood if that one company had a big issue? Right. And if it's 5 to 10% of your portfolio, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. If it's a lot more than that, you kind of want to know those answers. That's why whenever we're running analysis, we always look at it. And I'm very honest in saying, hey, I think it's a good company. I think you should absolutely hold on to it, maybe just not so much. So whether you've worked a long time for one company or you just have large concentrations of stock, and this happens all the time, Jennifer, you know, someone's got a million dollar portfolio or two or three million dollar portfolio. Maybe they got 400,000 bucks in Apple now. I mean, just because it goes up and goes up and goes up, right? (laughs) And so what do you do now to protect those gains, even if you don't want to sell the stock? Well, these are what we call hedging opportunities, where you can actually use options or you can use other strategies to protect your downside. Now, these are absolutely awesome if you have a lot of faith still in that company, whether it be Ford or GE or, or Apple in this example. It doesn't make any difference what the company is. But what you can do is you can say, hey, if this goes down more than 15%, I want to start making money on the downside. Ah. This is called having a put option. And this is kind of advanced. I'm not saying everyone should do this. Please don't run out and just do this on your own. <laughs> Buy a bunch, a whole bunch of put options, John, and everything. Please don't do that. You're going to want to find someone that can help you create a strategy to do exactly that. But Jennifer, here's why I like considering these type of strategies. Number one, you don't have to sell the stock. Okay. So it can keep yeah. going up. Number two, you don't have a taxable event. Ooh. And number three, in the event that the stock goes down really, really far, you still don't have to sell it always to protect yourself. Oh, so all those three things stack up for a pretty good situation. Let's go on the other side. Let's assume that you own a whole bunch of stock, but you need some income. And let's say that stock doesn't pay a lot of dividends. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen to. There's nothing wrong with that. You can actually use call options in this example where you can actually make income and still own that stock. You can make income in the form of interest payments to you over the period of time you own that stock. So the cool thing is, is that there are all kinds of strategies. Even if you hold on to those positions, even if you don't know if you should buy more or sell it all now, all kinds of ways to either protect your downside or make more money from the same holding. The question is, do you have the right strategy for you? And it's not just you and the team helping people make those decisions, John. You also utilize technology, that AI that we often talk about here on the show to help people determine, okay, what's the probability that these certain stocks are going to do well in the future? And they can help you make non-emotional decisions about things like company stock. 
Absolutely. You know, I think, Jennifer, over the years, a lot of the things that I've learned when I'm talking to folks, when they say, you know, I just don't know, John, if, if, if I've got the right guy or I just I don't know what he's doing. You know, when the market was falling apart, I figured he'd be doing something. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. <laughs> and on top of that, he wouldn't even reach out to tell me that everything's going to heck in a handbasket. <laughs> right. And so they're like, I, I don't know. I think that maybe someone should be doing a little bit more active monitoring of my money. So we utilize artificial intelligence, number one, to just let us know, hey, is this still an appropriate time to be in these type of investments? Or should we take some money off the table? Or is this a good time to double down on something that's gotten the snot beaten out of it? Mm -hmm. So we use artificial intelligence, number one, just to kind of get an idea of, hey, what is the more appropriate place to be today? And in an example I always use, up until the last six months, international investments have been horrible to own. Yeah. <laughs> they have underperformed every single other investment out there, it feels like. And the thing of it is, is that if you have a model portfolio for most advisors, you probably had anywhere between four and 25% of your portfolio in international investments. Mm-hmm. Well, in our firm, we had almost zero international investments until about four months ago. Because only then did our artificial intelligence, did our technology alert us and say, hey, maybe this is going to be a better performer finally now. So now let's consider it. Thank goodness we weren't in it for the past two years. But now it looks like it might be appropriate. So if someone wants to have a little bit more active management, and I'm not talking about selling, buying, selling, buying every day. I'm just talking about they're just looking out for what makes the most sense as we're looking out in the world. The world changes and the whole point is, is that are you taking advantage of that? So we utilize artificial intelligence for that. Now, the other thing that I've heard people say, Jennifer, over the years is, you know what, John? I just can't handle another downturn. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't, I can't hack another 2008 yeah. or another 2000. Yeah. yeah, 2000 or 2002. Now, I also don't want to put all my money under the mattress mm-hmm. or in the bank earning nothing or in some fixed annuity paying one and a half or two percent. That, that does not seem to be the right idea for me. And I agree with that. So what our artificial intelligence, what our technology allows us to do is that as long as things are going well, we can have a good amount of risk in the markets, feeling confident that, hey, things are going all right. And we have been a very big participant in this market since April of last year. Hmm. My clients are aware, man, when you look at some of the holdings, sometimes they look fairly aggressive. Here's the point. It was the right time to have that risk exposure. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen our risk levels come down a lot. Hmm. Now, why is that? Well, number one, because the administration wants to keep giving more people money, but finally landlords can evict people, right? right? So we may start seeing some other issues in the economy. On top of that, we're in the summer months and we're entering an uncomfortable part of the market sometimes. The systems are aware of that. So what our systems are effectively trying to do, Jennifer, they're trying to allow us to participate when things are good. But when things get really, really iffy or really, really worrisome, or frankly, they start going straight down, it helps us to remove ourselves from that railroad track as the train is bearing down on us. And most people, once they recognize that or they hear that that's the way that our systems work, they gravitate to that. Because yeah. everyone wants to keep hitting that winning slot machine as long as it keeps hitting. <laughs> sure. It's when it goes on a phase where it doesn't hit at all for 7,000 quarters. You just don't want to be on that machine then. That's what our systems try to do for most people. Thanks for listening. Want more from John? Find us online at retirementsolutionradio.com. 
The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. J. Hagen Capital is a registered investment advisor. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Incorporated is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance products and annuities offered through John Hicks. Kentucky Insurance License Number 9988 